Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's a, it's a football Sunday going on here, and I wanted to get a new podcast episode up, a new video up. Um, not a lot of content going on right now, not a lot of new movies I'm interested in, not a lot of sports stuff going on that's of no, you know, that's noteworthy or things I feel like I should talk about. So I thought that I'd make a kind of a fun episode today. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and give you my top 10 TV shows of all time, okay? This list is exclusive to me. I know that a lot of you guys aren't going to have remotely the same list as I've had, or as, as I have. You guys aren't, I, there's a lot of shows I know that I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of shows. Um, this is just my top 10 list. It's mine. These are shows that I love. I absolutely adore. I recommend all the time. Shows, some shows I've watched, you know, upwards of three, four times, if not more, all the way through. So these just are shows that have to be on my top 10 list. Um, these are going to be mostly shows that I've already completed or already done. There are two shows on this list, though, that are still going. They're ongoing. But it doesn't matter what they do at this point. They're still going to be in my top 10 in some capacity. And I believe that the writers and the producers of these shows have shown in the past and you know with their current slate of work that they're going to be able to land the plane. And we'll be talking about landing the plane quite a bit on this podcast, so I'm actually really excited to get on with that. Just to preface, there are some really, really high, notor- notor- very high notoriety or high, highly notable shows that I haven't had the chance of seeing or watching ever. Uh, some of those shows include The Sopranos, you know, The Wire, and Mad Men, um, just to name a few. I mean, Seinfeld I've never really seen. I never, I've only watched about half of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so that won't be on here. Um, I haven't watched 30 Rock, you know, a lot of different shows I haven't seen. So they're not going to be on this list. I just want to preface that immediately. Um, I haven't watched, uh, I've only watched one season of uh, True Detective, never, actually only like half of it, and never watched the rest of it. So there's just a lot of things that I haven't seen. And these aren't going to be like one-off shows, you know, where I had one season like The Queen's Gambit or uh, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, like which was one of my all-time favorite miniseries. This isn't going to be that. This is going to be shows that have a minimum of, you know, a couple seasons um, and were, you know, recurring and, you know, had a story or whatever it is. That This is my top ten list. So to begin, I want to give an honorable mention list. These happen to be shows that I'm currently watching all at the same time. None of them are, are going, a couple of them are going right now, but these are shows that aren't done yet, okay? These shows might crack my top 10 at some point, but the time is not now. They're, they still have, the producers and the writers still have to be able to land the plane. And it's important that a show ends really strong. Um, so these shows are yet to be determined. I'll, I'll speak briefly on all of them. So first, this is the honorable mentions. This is the honorable mentions, okay? So here it is. Uh, one, I have Ted Lasso. It's on season two. It's on Apple+. Plus. It's a good show. It stars Jason Sudeikis. Um, it's been really good. I really enjoy it. Highly recommend. Uh second one is going to be the mandalorian on disney plus the first season was kind of whatever but the second season was great uh one of the best star wars things that they've ever created and i really love the show love john favreau um that guy is just uh he's just a he's a genius he really is um next show is the boys which is on amazon the boys is the story of you know superheroes and what they would be like in the real world if they had all this uh, if they were basically celebrities and how corrupted and everything that they would be the boys is fantastic I have a feeling once that show wraps up, it'll be in my top 10. It is unbelievable and unassailably like violent and grotesque, and the story is creepy and eerie, and uh, it's just everything that I love about shows all in one, so I love The Boys. Um, next one we have is Ozark, which is on Netflix, starring Jason Bateman. Um, great show. Really, really good. I'm just hoping that they can land the plane. Otherwise, it would be in my top 10 right now. I debated on putting it in there at number 10 as opposed to the film that I film. 
the TV show that I currently have at number 10. But because the TV show that I have at number 10, they were able to, in my opinion, land the plane, they're going to be number 10. I'm going to get tired of saying land the plane. I'm already kind of fucking tired of it. So uh, so Ozark's on there. Next one, This Is Us. This Is Us is on NBC. Um, this show makes me cry almost every single episode because I'm a big bitch. And I just love this family that we've, we've grown to love and learn about. And um, I'm really curious in their final season, which starts this fall, where they're going to go, how they're going to end it, what's going to happen. Because at the moment, I have no idea. And I'm really hoping it's not done corny or cornily, is that, if that's even a word, or cheesy. Um, <clears throat> I just want them to be able to land, to make it finish really strong. Uh, next one I got is Cobra Kai on Netflix, which is originally on YouTube, which I, I followed it on. I watched it on YouTube Red originally. And then it came over to Netflix for its season three. And now season four drops in uh, early 2022. So I'm really excited for that one. It's not a good show, right? Um, it's really corny, but I really love the the action scenes. I really love the characters. I love Johnny Lawrence. You know, I, I love being able to be in the Karate Kid world uh, again uh, with a lot of the same faces. I think that's the nostalgia part of it is really fun for me. So I love that. And of course, my last honorable mention is Yellowstone. Yellowstone, if you guys haven't watched it, it's on the Paramount Network. Um, it stars uh, uh, Kevin Costner. It's got uh, the guy from Too Fast, Too Furious. I uh, can't think of his name. Um, and it's got a, it's got a collection of really really amazing actors, and it's a really good story of this family that owns a bunch of land in in, uh, in Montana, and how they basically protect the land and all the things that go on with that. Great show. Um, they left us on a cliffhanger for season three. So season four, I believe, starts in November. I'm really excited to watch that show. So those are some big recommendations moving forward for a lot of my honorable mentions. But now we're going to go ahead and get into the uh, the top ten. So at number ten, we have an all-time favorite of mine, obviously, because it's in my top ten. kind of goes without saying. I won't say that ever again. Uh, we have Lost. Okay, Lost went from 2004 to 2010. Um, Lost is unassailably amazing. One of the best you know mysteries I've ever watched. I remember when this when I, I never watched it when it was going on live. I watched it in 2012, actually. It was my freshman year of college, and I had like five, six weeks off in between semesters. Um, so it's, I watched this whole show, all 119 episodes, in like two and a half weeks. Um, that's when we had our new puppy, so I was helping watch the puppy, and I was just watching this show night and day over and over. I couldn't stop, I couldn't put it down, you know? Like, I literally was watching this show all day all night. I wasn't sleeping. I'm convinced that this is where a lot of my, my insomnia comes from was staying up and watching the show for two and a half weeks. But the first time I watched it was just truly mesmerizing. Everything from the smoke monster to, you know, what had like everything about the island, the aura of the island, all the characters were so vast and different and interesting. And, you know, the mystery of, of who's doing what, what's going on. And um, it's, it's, it's an amazing show. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I hope I didn't spoil too much of it for you. Uh, it's got some of my favorite characters. Sawyer's an amazing character. Jack's an amazing character. Saeed, Hugo, you know, Charlie saying not Penny's boat, you know, all these iconic things that have happened on this show. Uh, it's a great show. It's definitely uh, firmly entrenched in my number 10 spot. Number nine is one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. Uh, it's just, every time I watch it, it's funny. It just, it has some of the most funniest, like, lines and, like, you know, situations of any sitcom I've ever watched. And that, of course, is that '70s show, which was from which went from 1998 to 2006, has one of the best ensembles in the history of sitcoms, in my opinion, or the history of shows. You know, and Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Donna Prepon, Danny Masterson, Topher Grace, and Wilder Valderrama—that's a mouthful. Wilmer Valderrama, you know, all these basically no-name guys and, and girls 
and turn them into household names. You know, this show is is truly a, a testament to the cast. Um, the relationships within the group work so well. You know, Fez is a foreign guy, and everything to him is just so mesmerizing. You know, you got Ashton Kutcher's Kelso character, who's just stupid, ladies' man. Uh, says a lot of stupid things, the blunt of a lot of jokes. You have Eric Foreman, who is uh, a lot funnier than people think that he is. He's really, really funny in the show. You have Danny Masterson's Hyde, who's basically, you know, the space cadet of the entire group. And he is uh, he's always down to, to, to basically get him some weed and smoke smoke him out and all that stuff. Donna's a great character. Mila Kunis as Jackie is a great character. The parents are great. Red Foreman's one of the greatest TV dads in the history of, of, uh, of TVs, of TV shows. Great TV dad. Kitty, obviously, is great. Bob is great. Um, the show is just fantastic. And I miss when it was on Netflix and I was able to watch it almost every night. So, yeah, that 70 show is definitely number nine. Number eight for me is an all-time favorite. Um, it's on this list because it has the greatest TV dad of all time. It has the, grass, the greatest... Uh, uh, intro song of all time got one of the greatest you know character ensembles of all time some of the funniest jokes and of course I'm talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, this show ran from 1990 to 1996 it's crazy that it only was you know had like six seasons 148 episodes and it's truly an iconic show I mean everyone that I know that grew up watching this show or you know was around when this show was going on they loved this show this show was absolutely fantastic it was just really funny, you know, basically it's a transplant story of this guy coming from West Philadelphia, born and raised in the playground in the cave. No, I'm not going to do the whole thing. But he goes into basically living in uh, in Bel Air with his really, really wealthy and rich family and all the things that he's trying to get used to living in, you know, coming up from the, from the poverty area that he was living in and living with people that with a bunch of money. But I think that the the thing with this show is this show would not nearly been as nearly good, would not been nearly as good. There we go. That's good. That's good grammar there, Cam. Would not have been nearly as good without uh, James Avery playing Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil is the greatest TV dad of all time. He was stern when he need to be needed to be, but he really, really loved his kids, and he really, really loved, uh, and he really, really loved, uh, you know, being an uncle to Will. He he loved what he did. He cared for his family, but he was stern, and he was exactly what will needed in his life to be able to guide him you know um this show is just it's phenomenal it has some of the most heartfelt and tender moments of any show i've ever watched ever while still being able to pack a lot of comedy in there and i just love this show and that's why it's number eight okay i know that i was talking about landing the plane quite a bit in the beginning of this episode but there's a reason for that okay possibly one of the greatest shows of all time one of the greatest beginning of like its first you know whatever it was seven seasons or whatever was the show game of thrones Okay. Game of Thrones was absolutely fantastic. I got onto it kind of late. I started in 2015 and I believe I caught up to about the fourth season. So I was up to date. So I watched everything in real time as it happened when it finished in 2019. And I loved this show. The world building that, DB, uh, that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss were able to create, the acting was absolutely phenomenal. How they were able to, to basically take all these different characters, give them depth, give them purpose, Put them on a quest, you know, different quests that didn't really, at the time that we thought, had anything to do with each other. But then as the story began to come full circle and, and get together in one uh, plane, we were able to see that the stories were actually a lot more intertwined than we had, you know, originally believed. And it would have been a perfect show. And then the last season happened. And I know that I'm not alone in this thought. I know that there are a lot of people that disagree with me, but I know that there are a lot more people that agree with me. They fucked up the show. 
They completely botched the ending. They completely botched all the character development that they had in the previous seasons, and they ruined a perfect show. Now, we're not really sure what happened. Uh, the speculation is that the two directors and two creators of the show, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, they had a contract to make a new trilogy for Star Wars, and they wanted to end Game of Thrones quick, so that way they can start with their cash cow Star Wars and start making that and make a bunch of money. Um, so not only did they ruin Game of Thrones, completely fucked it up and ruined it for everyone that com- you know loved it like I did, they also lost out on their chance to direct the Star Wars movies because of the reception that this show had. Because this ended so poorly, Disney was like, nah, we're good. We're not going to have you do this. And I think that that's a travesty. So not only did they decide to try to cut the show short, but they also lost out on something else. So they cut the show short for basically no reason at all. And that's why you have to fucking land the plane. Okay, You have to land it. This show would have been the best show of all time if they completed it correctly. They messed everything up. They All the character development that we had in the beginning of it didn't matter for that last season. So when I go back and I rewatch this show, which I eventually will, I still can't, I'm going to watch it up to a certain point and then I'm going to stop. And I'm going to, in my head, create how I think it should have ended, which I think a lot of us have already done. Um, John and John should have been a lot done a lot more. Uh, Tyrion should have done a lot more. There's no way that Bran Stark, who became basically the Three-Eyed Raven, should have been the king of Westeros. Made absolutely no sense. I don't know why they did that. Literally the most least-liked character the entire show, the one that we don't really gave a shit about at all, the kid who fell out of the window in the pilot episode, and he became the king. And I couldn't believe that. couldn't get on board with it. I hated it. I hate what they did with, the da- with Daenerys. I hated all that. Um, I could just go on and on about this show. I might do that at a, a different time after I do a bunch of research as to what happened. That could be a, a Camcast uh, rant episode at some point in the future. But it's still, it's number seven. That's how good those first, you know, six or seven season was before the, the last season. But, you know, number seven. So number six is actually, I won't go too in depth about it, but um, it's because it's a show that I've already done an entire podcast on. It's The Office. Number six is The Office. Number, The Office... Seasons one through four are complete comedy mastery. It's amazing. And then what happened was it didn't know what to do with itself. It lasted too long. And they, they, there are some seasons that they probably shouldn't have had. You know, obviously Steve Carell wanted to get out. He knew that there was nothing really else for the character. Um, I did, however, like the last season. I thought it was fun, especially the last couple of episodes. I thought that it really made the, you know, the remaining characters like Jim and Pam and Dwight gave them more backstory, gave them more, you know, overall well-roundedness as characters. Um, And it sent them off in a positive light, which a lot of shows don't normally do. But if you have any more, you know, if you want to learn more about what I think about The Office, check out my my Office podcast episode I did with my friend Travis um, way back in November. Uh, It's a really good episode. It's like an hour and a half long. We go in depth on every character, our favorite episodes, all that stuff. So go ahead and give that a watch. It's uh, somewhere on the channel. Um... Number five is a show that I watched the first time last year. I know I'm really, really late to the party, and I can't forgive myself for being late. This is, in my opinion, of everything that I've watched, this is my favorite cartoon show of all time, and it might it's and it's it's a top five show for me. You know, I joke, <laughs> I always say it's top five, top five. Um, the show is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar: The Last Airbender is phenomenal. I. Once you get to a certain point in that first season, I think it's at like five or six episodes in, and you realize that 
Avatar that and when Aang realizes that Boomy is still alive and he's like the king of the Earthbenders, and the the story really takes off from there. Also, you could argue once they meet Toph, the story takes on from there. It's such an amazing story. There's just so much going on. The characters are amazing. You know, you have Sokka, you have Toph, you have Aang, you have Katara, you have, of course, Prince Zuko, and you have everyone's favorite uncle, Uncle Iroh. Like, it's it's amazing. This show does so much, and it, the character development of Prince Zuko in this show is one of the main reasons why I love it so much. I've never seen a character go from one end of the spectrum to another, and you actually truly believe it. He was all evil, all consumed by vengeance, you know, uh, wanting to please his father, and he completely transverses over to the other side, wanting to, to love and to do good and to have friends and to care about things. And I think that's what the show is so perfect. I think that's what that makes the show so much deeper than just your average, you know, I guess, uh, you know, animated series. It's it's phenomenal. And then when you get to that last episode, or those last couple episodes, when you have um, uh, Azula and, and Prince Zuko fighting, and they're, you know, it's the red fire and the blue fire, and the animation in this show is just beautiful when you get to that last season. Um, it's only three seasons. It's 60 or 61 episodes. And I just love this show so much. I can't wait to rewatch it. I've only watched it one time all the way through, but I felt really satisfied when I got to the ending of this show. It was just the story that it told, it told it perfectly and I couldn't get enough. And I speak its praises to everybody who hasn't quite given animated shows a chance. This show deserves a chance. It's got thematically, it's one of the most perfect shows I've ever watched and I absolutely love it. Um, number four is actually one of the shows I spoke about earlier that's not yet done. But I trust this producer and this creator to be able to land the plane because he. this is what this guy does. Of course, I'm talking about Vince Gilligan and of course, I'm talking about Better Call Saul. Okay, Better Call Saul, it's going to be entering its last season. It'll be, it'll, that'll come up, I think, next year. And I am so excited for the conclusion of this story um, and to see where it goes and how it ties into Breaking Bad, which I'll talk about later, obviously. I mean, you can't have a top 10 shows of all time and not include Breaking Bad. That's, that's later. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Better Call Saul, when it was first announced, I wasn't sure what, what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be the events after, the events before, and it's a, it's a bit of both, okay? It's a bit of both. You're getting a lot of the, I'd say it's about 80% of the things that happened right before Breaking Bad, and then there's an underlying story that begins at each one of the, the new episodes and the new seasons, which is black and white, and it talks about, you know, Jimmy, who basically became the guy who is the manager of the Cinnabon in Kansas City, or Missouri, wherever he's at. And I think that is really interesting. The characters in here are fantastic. You have Bob Odenkirk, uh, Bob Odenkirk who reprises his role as Saul, but in this show he's called Jimmy. You have Jonathan Myers as, or Jonathan Banks as uh, Mike Ehrmantraut, who's great. You have newcomer Rhea uh, Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler. She's amazing. You have uh, Michael Mando, who plays Nacho, who's great, who plays Scorpion in The Amazing... Uh, was it The Amazing... No, no. Spider-Man Homecoming, that guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, it has Giancarlo Esposito as Gus Frank, so Gus is back. And then it has one of my favorite characters that I've ever seen on TV or film in Lalo Salamanca, played by Tony Dalton. And Tony Dalton is going to be in the new Hawkeye show. And if he's as close to being as menacing as he, has, as, as he is as Lalo in Better Call Saul, we are in for a treat as MCU fans, because that guy is just terrifying on screen. I think I've talked about it before, but he really is captivating every single time he's on the screen. 
Um, there's not much else I can say about this except for you know the final season starts next year. And I'm just really excited about it, and I can't wait for it to drop. Um, if you haven't watched Better Call Saul and you love uh, Breaking Bad, watch Better Call Saul. Get through the first season. It's slow, but after that, it really picks up, and it's fucking fantastic. So now we go to my number three. This is my favorite sitcom of all time. I'm currently re-watching it again for probably the eighth or ninth time. Of course, I'm talking about Parks and Recreation. Okay, Parks and Recreation is just so fantastic. Once you get per, for uh, once you get past those first two seasons where they didn't know what direction they were going, and then eventually they added uh, they added Rob Lowe and they added Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt and Chris Traeger, the show just takes off. Every single character is amazing. All the situations that they have are amazing. The relationships are amazing. All the main characters in this ensemble cast truly care about each other, and I think that that's the thing that's the most amazing about this uh, this show. You really feel for Amy Poehler, her character Leslie Nope. She really just wants to get things done. And then, of course, that there's a lot of like levity in the show between all the funny characters like April Ludgate, Ron Swanson, you know, obviously uh, Chris Pratt's Andy Dwyer. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I love what they did. And then I love the last season when they jump ahead three years and they're trying to basically show you everything that happened and everything that that happened due to what they were able to accomplish in the show. And then at the very last episode, it gives a conclusion to every single character. So it's, for me, for somebody who likes finalities and likes things to have a direction, I love what they did with the show. I will eventually do a full live, live, a full on podcast about this show. Um, that'll happen. So I don't want to go too in depth now, but I love this show. If you haven't seen Parks and Rec, get past the first two seasons or even kind of skim them. You don't have to super hard watch them and then get to season three and you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. Um, so that's why it's my number three. So my number two is another show that's not yet finished. It's I believe it's going to be its last season. It, show, it start, should start either at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. It's on Netflix. Of course, I'm talking about Stranger Things. I fucking love Stranger Things. Um, I've rewatched it a ton of times. I love that we've been able to watch these kids grow up before our eyes and become amazing actors and actresses. Actresses? Actresses. That sounds really weird. Um, I just love the supernatural element of it. I love the stories in it. I love how it feels like a quest. It feels like an adventure film. It reminds me of films like Stand By Me and E.T. and you know Super 8 and things that I really, really love to watch. And I just love this ensemble cast. And of course, I love my man David Harbour, who I've dressed up as, a, who I've dressed up as in a, for Halloween a couple years ago. Love David Harbour. He just seems like one of the coolest people in Hollywood. Um, you know, obviously he was in Black Widow and I loved him in that. But this show's fantastic. Uh, the only thing else I can say about this show is I hope that they can land the plane. Okay, I think that they will. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. I hope it's the last season because I don't want it to get over overdone or boring. But I'm really excited about the conclusion of this show, and I'm really hoping for the best. So that's my number two. All right, guys. Uh, this is my number one spot. This one is clear. It's very easy. The only time this was ever challenged was like I said earlier when Game of Thrones was entering its last season and I was like wow this is the best show I've ever seen in my life and then it couldn't land the plane I'm gonna I've said it well how many fucking times have I said that like 16 that's gotta be annoying by now I apologize to everybody who's bearing with me with that one um but number one and it's the greatest show of all time in my opinion that I've watched and it's not close right there are just so many things that this show was able to do with the character development the complete you know devastation of certain characters the drama the intrigue you know this show has us rooting for a villain. 
you know, the scummiest guy in this entire show, and we root for him the entire time. You know, it really is like a psychological piece on, on humanity and how we view people. Um, but of course, I'm talking about Breaking Bad. The Vince Gilligan monster that premiered in 2008 and ended in 2013. Uh, it had five seasons, I believe. Um, what else can I say about this show? Vince Gilligan is just an absolute genius, okay? He was able to make this show. He made Better Call Saul. He made the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, that basically told the story of Jesse after the fact. But this show, it just kept getting better. You know, it starts off as Walter White being a uh, chemistry teacher in high school, down on his luck, gets terminal cancer, has doesn't have enough money to support his family if he were to die, doesn't have the money to go through chemotherapy. So what he does is he takes his smarts, he starts making meth. And it's everything that goes on with that. He basically, you know, he, he makes the meth, he overcomes every single drug dealer he comes across, becomes completely ruthless. And this shy, insecure, you know, uh, uh, well-to-do, you know, house husband slash teacher slash, you know, saint, this uh, impeccably, you know, great human being became a monster, you know? He was no longer Walter White by the time the fifth, you know, fourth or fifth season ran, uh, came along. He became Heisenberg. He became the cook. He became the guy, you know, the guy in the hat, the guy who makes the blue meth. He became Heisenberg. He overcame people like Salamanca, you know, Fring. Uh, he beat up the, uh, the, the brigade of, 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 was it, the Nazis, these neo-Nazis, those guys. Overcame those guys. It, just unbelievable what was, able, what was written in this show. You know, all these great characters on the side. You know, you have Jesse Pinkman, obviously. You have Hank Schrader, one of the best cops of all time. Hank Schrader is one of the greatest heroes we've ever seen on screen. And we were actively rooting against him. Like, Hank Schrader was a hero. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the cartel and killed both those, or killed one of those son of the bitches. The other one was survived but lost his legs. And we were rooting against him. We were rooting for the villain. This is an ultimate, basically, show depicting cops and robbers. And normally you go for the cops, but the show was written so dynamically and ever-changing and you know, gave us a true, you know, character development that we have never seen before, that we were rooting for the villain. We were rooting for the bad guy. We wanted to see Walt kill people. We wanted to see Walt lay on that big bed of money. We wanted to see Walt get the the upper hand on all these people. We wanted that. We loved it, okay? And I just, there's never going to be a show that's going to be able to do this ever again. And I don't know how they were able to, you know, get lightning in a bottle and make this thing a, a, a reality, before that, Brian Cranston wasn't, I mean, he he was in, uh, I think, Seinfeld as a recurring character. And, of course, he was the dad of Malcolm in the Middle. He wasn't known for things like this. And now you think Brian Cranston, the only thing you're ever going to think of is, wow, what an amazing, dramatic actor. What a what an astounding character he was able to portray and play and play beautifully, winning you know Emmy after Emmy, award after award. Just unbelievable, this show. If you haven't watched this show, go fucking watch it. I don't even know what you're doing with your life. You shouldn't be watching any other thing that you're watching right now, any of that garbage, any of that uh, that Netflix crap that's on there, those those teen rom-coms. Don't watch that shit. Watch Breaking Bad. It's on there. Go give it a watch. It's a, it's a stellar show. You're never going to watch anything better. It's got something for everybody, and it's truly captivating. Like, 
can't put it into into words anymore. Eventually, I will do a full review on Breaking Bad, so I won't give you everything, but Breaking Bad is amazing. I just absolutely love that show, and that's why it's it's my number one, okay? <laughs> well, guys, this is the end of, of my review, or my, my ranking of my top 10 shows of all time. Um, I want to thank those of you that listened all the way through. Let me know your top 10 down below in the comments on YouTube. I want to know your top 10 shows of all time, and we can get into some, some, uh, get into some discussions on YouTube or, of course, on my Instagram. That's at cam.cast. It's K-A-M dot K-A-S-T. Also, make sure that you're liking and subscribing to the podcast, to the channel. Hopefully, most likely, the, the YouTube channel is really what I want you guys to subscribe and like on. It's easier to engage with everybody on there. And, of course, I want you to follow my Instagram. Those are very important. Um, make sure you're sharing the page. Make sure you're letting people know, you know if you like what's going on here that there's a lot of other videos and things that you can watch and check out, um, go ahead and click the channel button below and get on that. Just get on it. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Who gives a shit? Just do it. Um, you know, it's just going to be a lot of my face everywhere. I've got a couple other places on here where it's not just my face. I'm hoping it won't just be my face all the time, but, you know, I love doing things like this where I'm doing rankings. You know, Lord knows I, I always talk about, oh, I'm doing my top five. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, this was a fun one for me. And again, I need to know your top 10 TV shows in the comments. Let me know. Let's talk about it. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And uh, that's it. Peace.